if you're feeling isolated from things and you feel like you're being controlled by money because your partner's holding all the money, um, or if, you know, in my situation, if you want to be in this relationship, you're going to, it's like, I mean, if, if I really like say it right there, that's like straight blackmail. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I am a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I'm so excited for this episode. I'd like to welcome Kendra Allen of Breakup Bestie and the podcast, Heal Your Heartbreak, so we can talk about relationships and money. Yes, I know. Such a juicy topic. It is such a juicy topic. Um, I was just chatting with you a little bit before you came on. I was just saying they're so relationships and money are so intertwined and have such a large impact on each other. And we've never done a dedicated episode to it. And we had connected over over um, talking about financial trauma and financial abuse, which can be stemmed from relationships and have such an impact on your financial life. So I'm really excited about this episode. But why don't we start, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your expertise, um, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for having me. I um, I started Breakup Bestie. I started it because I noticed, I mean, I've had a lot of, you know, as you'll hear about it, like I haven't, I had like a rough relationship history and I started, I, I noticed when I went through breakups that there's just like not there was just not a lot of support out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and another part of my story is I got sober almost 10 years ago. And when I got sober, um, there was so many resources. Oh my God. There was like support groups, treatment right. programs, like books, retreats, books. Like yeah. everyone was like, how can we help you? And, um, and then when I went through like my first serious sober breakup, it was like, a friend was like, you should join Tinder. And I'm like, you're like, I don't think that will work, you know? So it was just, I just saw this like huge gap online Mm -hmm. um, for breakup advice and everything that was out there was like how to get your ex back, how to get revenge on your, like just like very clickbait gimmicky kind of a thing. And I'm such like a, you're the, I know you're the same. Like I'm so practical with the advice that I listen to and I gravitate towards. Um, And I just saw that there was, really no like practical step-by-step breakup advice mm-hmm. out there. So I started writing um, about breakups and then I started the Instagram account in 2017. And I remember telling my dad that this was my plan and he was like, I don't think this is going to work. And um, he was like, I don't think it, there's like a big enough audience. And um, so needless to say that didn't, I, he was wrong on that. He was wrong. My dad's, right on a, my dad's right on a lot of things, but that was not one that he was right on. And um. And yeah, it just kind of morphed into, I mean, it morphed uh, this, a lot of this comes from my own personal experience, but the beauty of running this page for, for five years now is, um, I hear about breakups all day. Like I've just gotten to, I, I have so much data on mm-hmm. breakups and what people are going through and what's working, what's not working. And so, um, now I have a variety of online courses. I had a book come out in September. Um, I have my podcast and it's just all really, and I've never really strayed away from breakups. Like I've never really gotten into dating or relationships. I'm just like very, I love talking about breakups. breakups. I think it's just, it's a much more in-depth topic than I think I ever thought it would be. Well, it has so many, it has such a large reaching impact, right? Yeah. on your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, and then obviously on your financial, financial. well-being 
as as well. Uh, yeah, I think the listeners know I went through a really terrible breakup. Gosh, I should remember the date. I think it was it was 2017. So right when you started. So yes, you weren't yes. around. But I also <laughs> felt like there wasn't really great advice. Um, so I just doubled down on on work, which yes. is a way which to a lot of, of people do. Yeah, pa- power through it. Um, but I'd be really curious because I see it, but I'd love to know what you see on your side with Breakup Bestie and the, and the podcast. What do you see are like the big questions surrounding the financial well-being coming out of out of relationships or out of breakups? Yeah, I mean, I think I first, and again, like I don't think this was ever something, you know, when I was starting Breakup Bestie, like thinking of all the topics that would be covered, like finances is not necessarily something that I originally started thinking about, but I think it started really popping up during COVID where I would start hearing about people saying, I'm going through a breakup, but I'm living with my ex. How do I deal yeah. with that? And I'm like, ah, that's a toughie. <laughs> that's a toughie. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. So just like a relationship ends, but because of financial reasons, someone can't move out. Um, so having to share a house while going through a breakup, just, you know, I, re- I remember like so specifically getting, I do a Thursday Q and A and getting a question, like, can you talk about like how financially debilitating a divorce is for women? And it's like, so I get those kinds of questions. Um, I get questions of people will say, I want to buy your courses, but all of a sudden my, my income's like completely cut in half and my expenses doubled, you know, yeah. it, which is like, yeah. you know, the kind it of the happens. case. Cause yeah, all of a sudden you're not making as much money and you're not splitting everything like you were at one time if that was your situation. So I think those are like the main things that um, that I, I hear about. And, you know, it's like they're going through something so emotionally agonizing and then they're like, I can't afford, you know, it's like I can't afford therapy. And it's like, shit, that's what you need more than anything right now. Um, so those kind of like predicaments that people find themselves in. Yeah. As we were talking about a little bit earlier, you can't prevent some of these tragedies or traumatic events that you go to go through in life. Like you just don't know what's going to happen, but the financial aspect, I do think you can plan for to like mitigate or minimize at at, at best by just having a good understanding of your financial situation and having one of, you know, either a prenup or a postnuptial agreement and having some of this stuff talked about in advance. But for whatever reason, a lot of people still shy away from talking about money in the beginning of a relationship when it's the best time to kind of make sure you're on the same page and have those, you know, forthright conversations. Yeah. And I think like another thing that, um, that I hear about is kind of like the, the really like far end of the spectrum, like really bad cases where it's like, my ex had like a drug problem, a drinking problem, a gambling problem and all, and like, and then I I do a lot of my audience like are people that tend to be in more codependent type relationships. So they're like, whatever you need to to help, like I'll throw money at it, I'll throw whatever I can at it. Um, so I think that's also another another situation too, where it's like there was a situation where all of a sudden someone's spending a ton of money or just like a very big crisis happens and that causes the breakup. And um, you know, I've heard of people where they're they're broke because they gave their ex a lot of money or something along those lines too yeah we had we've had a couple we had one that was really interesting as a guest and her husband had a drinking problem she didn't this is how he hit it she didn't drink Gatorade like she just didn't like it and he always drank Gatorade and there was vodka in all the Gatorade 
Yeah. And he was hospitalized and it was because of the alcohol. They thought he, she was poisoning him, I think is what the initial, but That's so she ended up with, stuff. yeah, it was Dateline stuff. Yeah. It was, I don't know if she put everything on the podcast. I have to remember what episode, but we had to kind of help. She came on to talk about like, how does she rebuild her financial life? Because yeah. she just wanted out so bad that she ended up, I think, occurring or incurring most of that medical debt and just want it to be done. And that's what I see a lot from women. They just want to be done. They just want it over. So they'll yeah. just take the hit financially just to be done with the emotional trauma so they can start healing both ways financially and um, emotionally. And then the other thing we've seen is uh, women who got left at the altar. Yes, that's I've I've had a few of those where like, and then, you know, if you think about like bride side of the family typically covers the yes, finances of that, they're stuck with like all the that bill. money spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've had like a the few wedding people come on for that. And- yeah, which is a terrible, I mean, that's like a traumatic thing to go through without then having to pay off the wedding that didn't happen. That didn't ever actually happen. Yeah, happen. and I and I get questions like, um, I mean, I'm big on like no contact, not contacting your ex, but people mm-hmm. will say my ex owes me, my ex owes me money. Like that's a big one. And, and it's hard because I want to say under a certain threshold, like let it go. But then I also can't say that because I don't know what, you know, a hundred dollars is to one person versus $10,000 to another person. So it's, that's a tough one too. Cause it's like, you want to let go of this person, but they, you know, they still owe you money and you, you want to get that money back. You, it's like this justice that you want to seek back. Yes. But in the end, it's like also hurting you because you're, you're still giving it energy and you're still reaching out to them. So like, that's another thing that I run into a lot too with people. Yeah. That was my situation with my ex. We were closing on a house and he walked away. Well, you still have to pay not the full down payment, but the lawyers, the inspectors, um, you you pay a deposit when you don't close, when you don't show up to your closing, you still, you still, they still get a very big chunk of money. So he owed me for all of that. So I did Did not ever get it back. Oh, yes, I did. Okay, good. Oh, I got everything. Did you have to like go to like, did you have to take it through like a court or anything? No, I didn't. Um, So I basically put together a spreadsheet. This was annoying. He was like, I'm going to need to see itemized expenses. And I was like, my hourly rate is 400. Happy to itemize. I will. You'll be getting a bill for my hourly rate as well as all of the things you. You're also like, do you know who you're talking? Like, I want like if. If anyone trying to like swindle an ex out of money, like you're not the right one to do Yeah, I was not the right one. I was also on his health insurance. So that was coming out of his pay. I mean, it wasn't the company was really paying for it. So that was like a little bit where we, I had a little bit of a bargaining chip there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I put together a very basic spreadsheet, but I was like, anything more will be incurring my hourly rate, which I will be invoicing you for. And I had done some work for his family. And I was like, I will be happy to invoice you for all of the other work that I did for free. So if it's in your best interest to just accept the number and we'll move forward, or you'll be getting a larger bill and I'll be asking for reimbursement of Sky Miles. I was just very angry. And I was like, I'm not coming out of this net negative. Besides the Sky Miles, I let the Sky Miles go. But yeah, you see all sorts of situations and I didn't anticipate not closing on the house right like that wasn't something I'd ever yeah I didn't think you would just not close on the house right yeah if it didn't work out we had documentation stating it was 50 50 which is how I knew I could get the money but you don't want to go through the process of hiring an attorney because then you lose exactly exactly yeah so that's like a tricky one it's like at what point do you let it go at what point do you like 
up the ante. It's just, it's, it's a tough one. And it's not some, you know, it's like, I think that's another hard thing too, because all of a sudden, like you were with this person saying like, I love you every night, like kissing them every night. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like a business thing where you're like, you owe me money. Like, it's just so, it's just so jarring to like, go from and I have so much sympathy for people who are like co-parenting because all of a sudden they're like these two loving parents and all of a sudden like they're just sharing custody of these like beautiful kids that they made so it's it's tough I mean all kinds of breakup stuff is tough and then you throw in like having to work out like the logistical money part I think it's I think when people have to work out financial stuff in a breakup it is such a contrast to like what their relationship and communication used to be and what it has to be now. So I think that also makes it harder too. Yeah, there's so many, and then the emotions are running high, right? Because the one thing I learned, which you probably, you, you're telling your listeners is I didn't realize that a breakup could be one-sided. I always assume since you both make the decision to be in the, right? You make a decision to be in a relationship. Both of you have to want to be in the relationship. Only one of you, Yeah. in my case, it was not me, only one of you has to decide it's over. Yeah. And that was like really jarring for me was that like, this wasn't a conversation. I had no say I was, it was happening to me and there was no, I had no control over, I had no control over it, which was shock, totally shocking to me. Yeah. It, it's like, it rips the control. It rips the power. It's, it's a very, um, I call it like, it's just like a very dysregulating experience to have to, to have to go through. So yeah. And then you throw any kind of money stuff in there and it just makes it so much more complicated. Yeah. So much more complicated. So let's talk a little bit about financial abuse. My situation wasn't abuse, but, um, I know that you have some experience with that. So I'd love to talk about that because it's something we've really never never talked about and is so important there's this podcast called something was wrong it's all about relationship um like toxic relationships but they cover quite a few episodes on on financial abuse too so there's really two sides of financial abuse and relationships there is um one person having control over all of the finances having the money um a lot of this happens when like the part the husband will be like you don't have to work anymore like you can just come live with me and like kind of slowly isolates the person from like all their connections to like the workforce or like assets and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. there's that where um the person kind of has to do whatever they say because otherwise like how they'll be like how are you gonna make it without me like you don't have a job um Mm -hmm. so they realize like money is being held over their head so that's one form that's that wasn't my necessarily situation so my situation was when I was 18 um I started dating a guy that was much older than me. He was, he was in his, he was 30 and he long story short, he was like a con man. And gosh, like what you see like on TV now, they've done like some shows about totally. Like Like when I saw like dirty John, like I was like, this kind of reminds me of my ex. So obviously had no idea at the time. And it's interesting. Cause like, I'll say like, Oh, I was really young, which I was, but at the same time, like I could see this happening. I mean, this happens all the time to different ages. So ultimately what ended up happening is I had no idea like how bad of a financial state he was in. We did not talk about finances. And, you know, now looking back, I can see like there were a lot of red flags. Like he was 30, he was renting a room and a house, which like, it, you know, is fine for some people, but like he had, he had kids um, that he saw on the weekends. And so he was renting a room. So 
I think what happened is he caught wind. I'm someone that my dad has worked extremely hard and has made a very good life for himself. Um, and in turn has there's, you know, I have a trust set up for myself. So I've always known that like money is not necessarily an issue for me. Mm -hmm. I think he caught wind of that. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, if you want to move in together, you need to put down first and last month's rent. So it was just like, if you, if you want this to work, if you want us to be in a relationship, you need to do this. And he so put these like, hurdles, like financial hurdles for you to, yeah. to contribute. Yeah. And then it was like, I remember we got our first place. I was on it. Um, and he would like make, and again, I didn't, I, we talked about this on my podcast, but like, I didn't really understand credit. I didn't understand so many things. So, um, I remember he made some excuse about why he couldn't be on the lease or something like that. And I was okay. like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, and then I remember we were at Ikea, um, buying stuff for our apartment and he was like, you know, you can just get like a credit card. And I was like, oh. Okay. So like I opened a credit card and then I did the same thing at Kohl's and, and then all of a sudden it was, oh, we're going to start a business together. We're going to start this business together. Um, but we just need like a little bit of money to get started. And why don't you take that money out of your trust and we'll just start like a joint account so we can run this business together. And it was like, okay. I'm, you know, I'm like excited. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, this means I get to see him all the time. It was like very codependent. Um, so I like call up Charles Schwab and like, like, I'm going to make, I want to make a withdrawal. And so I do that. I don't tell my parents about it. So we set up this account and then all of a sudden I notice he's like going to nice dinners with his friends and I'm like, where's he getting this money? You know? And so I'm just starting to realize all this like, stuff. So yeah. So it's kind of happening kind of slowly here. Um, well, and the, and the thing I think with when it's in relationships and exactly what you see on TV is you're like, well, they would never do anything to hurt me, right? This is the person that loves mm -hmm. me, that wants to build mm -hmm. a life with me. They wouldn't, it's a mind trick. You're like, they wouldn't possibly be stealing from me. Exactly. Yeah, they, yes, exactly. They, um, they want to start this business together. So we have this like great life together. So, um, then the relationship turned, it turned like he, it, there was, it was very like, it's called like love bombing where it was like promising me the, the world. And, um, then all of a sudden the relationship turned and it started becoming like pretty verbally abusive. A lot of the stuff, like I told him about me, like really intimate things about me. He started using against me. Um, he started like really isolating me from friends and family. He told me like, this is your first serious relationship. So you don't know, but like, you really shouldn't talk to other people about your relationship. Like, this is like our, this thing. is private. Yeah. This is private. And then it, it turned to this point. And then all of a sudden I believed I was the problem within the relationship. And it's like very, a lot of gaslighting. Um, and I specifically remember, um, we had gotten into a huge fight and I went and like, I left our apartment and I went to a friend's house and I like told them everything that was going on. And the next day he was like, you really messed up. Like, so this is what you're going to have to do to like, make it right. It was like, you're going to change your phone number. You're going to delete your Facebook. We're going to move and you're going to put 10,000 
you're going to put $10,000 into our joint account and you're going to open a discover card for me. What did you say? I was like in such a place where I just like was, I was so low that I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. And I did it. And I like rationalized it to myself of this place of like, okay, he's the only person that cares about me. Like this is, I just was, I'd been like, it happened so slowly. And I was like groomed for like, I think this was probably close to like a year in the relationship. So it's Um, just been incrementally getting progressively worse. And when it's it's like the frog and boiling water kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so slow. You don't even realize when you're like out of it and you've had time to heal, you can see it, the red flags, but when you're in it, it's, it's hard to see that. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to see that. So, um, what ultimately ended up happening is I, I stayed in that relationship for another two years. My parents caught wind of the fact that I was taking money out of my trust fund, but I, I was like, I had this attitude where I was like, it's my money. And my dad, I, which like, if I was my dad, I would slap me across the face. But, um, but my dad was like, that's money your grandpa put aside for you for college. Like, um, you know, if you really want to like put an effort into this business, like I will invest money into this. He just knew that he was going to lose me. I think he realized that money was like the only thing keeping me from being totally lost to this person. Yeah. So I think I put my parents in like a really tough situation as well, because it's like, they kind of had to choose between like giving money or losing their daughter. Right. Um, so finally we broke up, thank God. Um, but he had such this hold on me where we were living together at the time. And he was like, I can't, I can't get an apartment by myself. Like, are you just going to let me live on the streets? And I was like, well, I, I guess not. He's like, I just need a couple months to like, get back on my feet. Um, by this point I had already, we'd like bought a car that he was driving in my name. So he's like, just give me a couple months to get me back on my feet. Like, can you just put your name on this lease? Um, and I'll make all the payments. Like I promise, like I'm going to borrow money for some, from some friends. Um, so I said, yeah, because I think at that point, it's kind of what you said at that point, I just wanted out of the relationship. Yeah. You want it to be, you want the pain to end. Yeah. So, um, all of a sudden I, he wasn't paying shocker. Um, he wasn't paying and I didn't realize how credit worked at that point. So I, I missed, there was a couple payments missed. Um, and I was like, I'm in big trouble if like, he doesn't start paying. Doesn't pay. Yeah. If yeah. he doesn't pay it. Yeah. Not to mention there was a Discover card, there was a Kohl's card, there was an Ikea card. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I, all my minimum payments are like, this is, this is crazy. And I, I moved in with my brother. So I wasn't even paying rent, but like, I remember there were days where like, I didn't know if I'd be able to get gas. Like I just, for someone who grew up in the privilege that I did for me to be put in that situation was so jarring. And I had also gotten to the point where I was feeling so ashamed. Like, I'm like, how dumb am I? Like, I just felt so dumb for putting myself in that situation that I had a really hard time. I didn't tell anyone 
for like a year afterward that I was in that situation. I just like kept making it work and like spent very little on my own. Um, and it finally, it finally got to a point where my ex still wasn't making payments. I just like, I was like, I cannot afford this anymore. And I remember he, he had the, um, he had moved out of the apartment. Luckily the lease came to an end and I was like, thank goodness. Clearly I'm not renewing this. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously I'm not renewing this lease. Um, and I got a call from him and he said, um, I didn't renew the registration on the car. So the car got impounded. Could you please drive out to come get the car out of the impound lot? And I was like, are you serious? And so for the first time, this was, I had mentioned I'd gotten sober. I was in like yep. an outpatient group. And so I'm sitting basically with strangers at this point. Like I didn't really know anyone there. And I was like, and I just like, told them I was like my ex just called uh he hasn't making been making payments on the car so anyways there was this like 45 year old guy I was 22 at the time there's this 45 year old guy who was like this is what you're gonna do you're gonna go get the car and you're gonna take it away from him you're gonna take the car um and he like basically was just like a, a father figure for me and I needed that at that time um so I did I brought a friend with me and I I took the car um and then the next day I went to my parents and I was like this is what's happening I wrote down all the balances that I still had and I, oh I'm gosh. very lucky that I'm in a situation where my parents said okay we're gonna t- we'll take care of this care for of you this. and and yeah and I think honestly like all in all, it was honestly probably close to like a hundred thousand dollars that was taken from this guy over the course of three, like four years, basically, because we were together for three years. And then the year afterward, that I was still paying his rent, paying his rent this. And mind you, he was like 35 almost at that time. And I held, I felt so shameful about it for so long. I held on to guilt about it for so long. Um, and you know, what's crazy is like, he, he just kept up the same thing. Not, I'm not even kidding. Probably four years ago. So this was like six years I got, because I like still kind of connected to him. I got something from T-Mobile that said like, Rick hasn't paid his cell phone bill and, and like, he still isn't paying bills. So I called T-Mobile and I was like, I haven't seen this person in five years. And they're like, okay, no worries. Like we'll, we'll take you off like the associated people, but he just like is still up to the same stuff. Um, yeah, he's a scammer. Totally. And he'll, probably, and he'll try and find somebody else that he can. I'm sure he did. Yeah. yeah take advantage of. And there are people out there, both men and women. I would say that you see women taken advantage of more frequently than men, but not to say that it, do, it can absolutely happen to men as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's terrible, but nothing yeah. to be, it's easy to, for me to say to you, nothing to be ashamed of because it happens to people. Yeah. Um, w- but that's why I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it because so many people don't talk about it. And so yeah. they don't know what to look for, what the red flags are or how to get out of it. And it can cause a lot of financial turmoil long-term. Like yeah. y- your parents were able to help you, but you know, if they weren't, if they like, hadn't. Yeah. yeah. I would have been like pretty, I would have been pretty ruined if, um, if they couldn't, cause I was, I was in college at the time. So I like, wasn't working. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm so lucky that I was in that position that they could, they could but get me out of that. Even still your credit, right. That takes a long time to repair. Yeah. It was like in the four hundreds afterward. Um, and it like, proud to say I have an over 800 credit score yes, now. Good job. Uh, 
<laughs> but it, you know, it took a long time. And I just want to mention, like, I don't know if one thing that that did happen is um, so obviously there were the, the things that I missed. But one thing that he had set up cable in my name and didn't pay that. And so that was on my credit score. And I actually submitted like I can't think of the name of it, but I submitted something and I said, like an ex-boyfriend put this in my name. I had no idea that you this didn't was, authorize it. Like I did not authorize it. it. And they actually took that off, which was which was great. So that's great. like another thing that I didn't that I didn't realize. So that was that was good news. And I was able to like repair that. I still have like some fears around credit cards and like I just I don't know. I'm I'm still so afraid that like something is going to slip through the cracks um, because it was, you know, so awful when it did, but, but yeah, I, once I started, you know, talking about it more and like hearing more stories around financial abuse, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And, and two, it's like, I've gone through this thing where I'm like, was I like, did he seek me out because of, of a money thing. And, you know, it's so interesting. It's like, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, it doesn't matter on it. Like I, I could make it worse for myself and say that like the relationship was never real and he never really, he only wanted me for money, but like that just would make it worse for myself. So I'm very yeah. much like, you know what? A shitty situation happened. Now I can talk about it. And like, I do a lot of talking on like abusive relationships mm-hmm. and and things like that because it's it's so important to talk about but um yeah financial abuse is it's not talked about enough like no. we talk now like narcissism and mm-hmm. gaslighting and like all this stuff is so is so commonly talked about but i i still think there's like a lack of like the financial abuse um kind of a thing because it's shameful it's like it people is. feel really dumb for getting scammed like me i didn't talk about it for a long time um but it's like, we can talk, I don't know. Like, I don't think yeah, anyone listening it, to this thinks I'm dumb. I can say no, that. Yeah, I don't think you're dumb. And I don't think it, whoever it happens to, I don't think they're dumb. It's yeah. just incremental because nobody signs up to be in an abusive relationship, whether that, and I feel like the financial abuse usually goes hand in hand with some sort of verbal or physical. Yeah, yeah you're usually, controlled. You're being controlled. And no one's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to sign up to be in a, you know, an abusive relationship. It happened incrementally. And, you know, if on your first date, they're like, Hey, so FYI in six to 12 months, I'm going to abuse you emotionally, yeah. physically, and yeah. financially your, your game. That's not how it happens. Like yeah. nobody signs up for, for those situations They happen incrementally, they get control. And, and so I, I don't, I, I think it's good to talk about it because it happens more frequently than people realize. And we are starting to see some shows on it, which I do think is good. Like yeah. the the Tinder swindler and Dear yes. Dirty John, like those are all smart women who got taken advantage of and manipulated for financial, you know, in several ways manipulated, but one aspect was financially. Um, and it's, I think it's important, the more it's talked about, the more people can recognize what the signs are, because if you're starting to get isolated and then, money is starting to be used as a controlling yeah. feature of the relationship. Like that's time to ask for help as you, yeah. like you were able to go to your family, whether you go to your family or your friends or a therapist, but to be able to feel comfortable talking about what might be going on can help prevent it from getting worse. Yeah. I'd say like, I mean, my husband, my now husband knows like anything that happens in our relationship <laughs> like my three best friends know. <laughs> and it's just like, not because I'm like trying to gossip about my husband. It's just like, that's, that's healthy for, for me. Yep. That's healthy for, you, for me that's, to talk about. Yep. And so I've learned like anytime that 
someone says like to keep something and obviously there are things that you don't tell everyone about your relationship it's like a sacred Correct. place but um I'd say if someone like tells you like oh don't don't tell anyone about this starts you know like I don't know I mean I think there's times in relationships where like one person is doing better financially than the other and like yep. there's some give and take but if it's solely one direction and if you're start if like money is starting to feel like it's controlling you in one way or the other like if you're feeling isolated from things and you feel like you're being controlled by money because your partner's holding all the money um or if you know, in my situation, if you want to be in this relationship, you're going to, it's like, I mean, if, if I really like say it right there, that's like straight blackmail. Yeah. That's blackmail. It's but, like, you have to do this to yeah. get that. Yeah. 100%. But like, I couldn't see, you know, I couldn't see that at the time. I do think if I were, you know, talking about it more with people, I think I, obviously, I think I would have caught it um, sooner. And when I did finally talk about it, people are like, hello, like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Um, but it's also, you know, I think at the end too, there was like, there's like a safety, there's a safety thing, like me mm -hmm. getting out at the end, like, fine, I'll get you an apartment. Like, I just can't be around yeah. you. Yeah. So, so yeah. And I, and I hear about that too, with people, they're like, my ex and I are on the title for a car. He's saying he can't get off of it. So it's like, separate that stuff as soon as possible, because yes. you just like, I tell people never count on an ex making, never count on anyone making payments never, on something that's attached to your credit. Correct. Never count on anybody else. The only person who should be in charge of that should be you because you have control over it. You never can control another person, whether yeah. that's a sibling, a friend, a romantic partner, you, you have no control over another person ever. Yeah. You yeah. can only control yourself. So yeah, no, I, I agree. And so you would say the red flags come, like if you were to tell someone the red flags are to watch out for anyone trying to control or isolate you. I think any kind of, I mean, I've just learned like any kind of control and it can come across as like, oh, they're like, you know, they care. They're like kind of jealous, yeah. like stuff. I don't know. There's like ways that it can feel like good in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if there's any kind of control with that, I'd say um, if they... If something, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to like, if something feels wrong, like it, it probably, probably is. If is. someone's, if someone's saying like, I know better, so we should do this. Like, I know better. So you should put this money here or yeah. And I think if people are being secretive about their money, about their credit score, like anything like that, that's a huge red flag. And, you know, I think he was very secretive. T t what ended up happening is he was in mortgages and our relationship started in 2009. So he just lost his ass in mortgage mm -hmm. um, in 2008, 2009. And I was like right there to help him pick up the pieces. But he was very secretive about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I would say from what I've seen from clients and, and guests on the show, if you're not, if someone's not giving you that transparency, that's a red flag. Like if they yeah. won't disclose, they want you to disclose your income or they want you to pay for something you pay 10,000, I pay zero. Like to me, that'd be like, well, why am I doing all of it? And you're doing none of it. And why won't you tell me? So yeah, I would say, and red flags are different based on the situation. But to me, I agree. I think the control, the transparency, any sort of isolating things would be the, the red flags to say, okay, but maybe reach out for some help. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are, and just, I mean, 
go to like one person that you know is like safe because I think sometimes like people are afraid to go talk about it because maybe they're not ready to leave the relationship Mm -hmm. so they're like I don't want to tell them because maybe then they'll hold me accountable to leaving the relationship and I'm not ready to do that so try to have a safe friend and you can start off by saying hey I need to tell you something I I don't I don't want your advice I just need you to listen I just need you to listen listen to me please don't give me advice. I want you to be a safe place for me. And so please just let me speak. And your good friends will say, okay, that's fair. Um, that's but yeah. fantastic. That's fantastic advice. Just to yeah. say, I just need you to know what's going on. I need this to be a safe, a space, yeah. safe space for me. And I don't want you to tell me what to do in my relationship. I just yeah. want to be able to communicate with you about what's happening. Yeah. Cause I think friends will know, like, I tell people like if you ever ask a friend to choose you or their partner, they're going to choose their partner. So don't like if you're a friend, like don't put someone in a situation Mm -hmm. for that. But I but don't stop yourself from talking about what's going on just because, you know, your friends will know it's with it's wrong. You know, it's wrong, too. So, of course, your friends are going to know it's wrong. But at least like have a have a channel where you can where you can talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it freely without being judged. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic advice. Yeah. So none of that money will ever, I will ever see that ever again. I've, I had fantasies for so long that like, I was going to get this long letter from him at some point with like, here's a check. Here's a $50,000 check. Never happened. I want to make amends. Yeah. Although one, well, I didn't quite learn my lesson because the next person I dated also was having some financial issues that I happened to step in for, but, uh, he did pay me back. So that, so that part was, so that was nice. So I guess I progressed. Um, yeah, that's a progression. Now I'm in a relationship where if I my I ever offered my husband financial help, he would v- very much say no. It's like the total opposite. Opposite. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, some of these things with life are just learning experiences, right? Like and yeah. you you go through them and you and you learn and grow from them. Some of them are cheaper learning experiences than than others. But yeah, it was an expensive but, mistake for sure. But but everyone has them. Like yeah. buying a house with an ex was um, an expensive mistake. But and yeah. that's part of life, right? They're exactly part of the learning. Uh, well, this was fascinating. Thank you so much for yeah. Coming. Thank you for having me. Where's the best place for our listeners to find you? Yeah. So um, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at your breakup bestie. That's where you'll find all my stuff. And then um, my website is breakupbestie.com and my podcast is Heal Your Heartbreak. Amazing. We will tag all of that for our listeners. Um, and for our listeners, you can find our most up-to-date information on Instagram as well at Future Rich Podcast. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.